Welcome back to Always Real Talk, and we're here talking about good old marijuana, weed, cannabis. I call it whatever you want. Pot. Pot. You want to dress it up, right? You know, this cannabis, you know, this cannabis is good for you. It's going to, you know, help you if you're sick. And I'm like, no, we know that the CBD oil is what's used for is the medical part of the, that actually works, right? But we, now we convince everyone, no, you got, we need to smoke. You know, you don't need that wall. You need to smoke. And so now we're talking about the SAFE Act, and we, we've talked a little bit, and I, and I, I do understand your point. Talk about wood. That, I mm -hmm. can't even say it anymore, but that, that place is Prince George's County. Prince George's and County. we love all those people in Prince George's County and mm -hmm. Montgomery County and Fairfax County. Um, do we do we call like uh, Alexandria? Do they award? Do they get award? No, no. Oh, no, they don't get. No, they don't get award. Fairfax, do they get award? No, they don't get award. Oh, okay. God, you have to really qualify to get that. Uh, yeah. That destination. Huh? Mm -hmm. Well, back to back to the weed. Um, <laughs> we were talking, and we were just saying, you know, you know, this employment and marijuana is just something that we really have to take a look at. Right? Yeah. Everyone just yeah. wants to, you know, smoke, smoke. Let's make sure we can smoke as well. I mean, all the, all the issues we got, we have going on in the city, mm -hmm. we're going to figure out how to get this smoking thing going on. We got to get this smoking right, right? <laughs> we got to let this weed go on every corner. There's only eight of them, right? Eight mm -hmm. of them. Mm -hmm. And the question becomes, more and more people are smoking. Now we're giving them access to cleaner options, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, so, and we're saying, smoke all you want to. Let's just, you know. Everybody get nice and high. But the question I have, what are we doing with our kids? And it has to be a, a valid question. Because now you have people who can't get jobs because they can't pass drug tests. Now, now if, you, if we walk outside right now, took our cameras out there, set, you know, set some chairs up, and had this show outside mm. on 8th Street, mm. you would smell weed mm. Mm. for a good... Six hours out of the ten hours that we were out there, wow. right? Well, and we would see people that look fairly young, smell like weed. So, the question I have for you: Are you hearing anything about these young folks or young adults? Because people say young folks. Mm -hmm. I remember fifteen, sixteen. That was you know, yeah, younger yes, than me. Yes, if you're, yes, you're twenty-one, Jeff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're you're not young. You're a grown. You're a grown adult. You're an adult, right? Grown man. Right. You're a grown man. So, but they can't get jobs. Are you, what are you hearing about? See, this is where the level of responsibility has to step up. If you want a job in D.C. and you know that you're not supposed to be smoking weed or pot and getting high, and the day of the interview you go in there and then you come in the interview high, and then you have to take the drug test and you know the drug test is on a particular day, but you uh, decide to get high the day before, <laughs> you know, you got to be responsible. If you are not responsible at that level, then you don't deserve a job. Wow. wow. That's real talk. That's, is that real talk? Yeah. <laughs> is that talk or real talk? No, that was real talk. <laughs> that's, that's, he kept it real. But it, there's another issue, too, and that is um, criminal records. Because everyone knows that it's really easy to get picked up for having a joint on the street that's or whatever. And those go on your record. Now, the mayor is going to um, seal those records. Mm -hmm. And that's a, a good fair shot for people. you got to pass your drug test. But what about people who are going to buy legal marijuana and then take them back to federally subsidized uh, housing developments where it's illegal to smoke yes, weed right. anywhere right. and and, yeah, I, kicked out. and I was reading a story just the other day of a guy and he's got his routine he goes down to the corner and he he gets his smoke on down there he has to get off his own property his own community so is it going to make it easier for people to possibly get in trouble 
And then that's going to have to have some coordination with law enforcement and see how hard the housing authority uh, police are going to go at it. They're going to go at it. Well, now, it, I, I want to come back to your point. Mm-hmm. Because I know there's some out there, and they're probably tweeting and, you know, putting comments. And you can smoke mm-hmm. legally. Yes. And you could smoke on Friday because your interview is not till Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But if you're smoking, it stays in your system. Right. And if I'm at home, and now it's, you know, it's legal to have weed, and people can smoke in their house, mm-hmm. and I'm 18 years old, living at home, I, I don't have a choice, I gotta be there, the weed's gonna be in your system. Mm-hmm. And so you're saying that in order to get a job, you have to not be able to smoke. Well, how often do they, um, how I mean, often do you get drug tested these days? Well, if you, oh, well Newspapers uh, used to um, drug test. At least two, maybe three of the jobs I've had in the newspaper business were tested. Uh, but I don't know. If you go to Best Buy or you go to get a job at Walmart, do they drug test you? I don't know. Do they, do they drug test in the Wilson building? All oh, that's interesting. Oh, or that is interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I'm just saying. Oh, right. I mean, dude, if you work for the trust, maybe it needs to be guarded. If you're working for the government. Yeah. I'm saying if you're working for the government, if you want a job at MPD, mm-hmm. oh, well, you want right, a job at the firefight, first, you want first a teacher, the hospital, a re, you know, a lot of these restaurants are now saying, hey, let's, let's see what you can do, you know, because they don't want you coming in with high. If you mm-hmm. if you want to go work at a CVS, if you want to go, I mean, everyone, if you want to work on any construction site, if you want to work, all these jobs, I think like 80% of the jobs are testing for substance abuse. And they're not doing that because of marijuana. They want to make sure that their workers are ready to work can work cogently, psychologically, and physically, you are, and not you are, worrying about being just, higher. You are just trying to put some lipstick on that thing. You know daggone well that if these people, we just sat here and said it, we go outside, we smell marijuana all the time. So they're, they're not going to get a job. Those jobs, they're not, if you smoke, and you're trying to get a job, not for you. So you got to make a choice. You want to smoke, you want a job. Right? That's, that's right. That's right. right. That's I mean, right. So and you know they're making it legal. And you know they're telling you can get it on any corner you want to get it on. Now, well, eight, eight different, right? Yeah. Even yeah. though they got the different, now they have different, you know, you, you want the one to make you sleepy. You want the one to make you laugh. <laughs> you, you know, right? Yeah. We're giving you all these options now. Yeah. But we're saying to you, you now, before it was legal, mm-hmm. we couldn't get people to stop smoking so they can get get these jobs. Or you can't even go through a training program. Right, right. You can't even get trained for a job if you have weed in your system. Mm-hmm. And we need to do a better job. Well, what about criminal records, though? Right? Because I think that there's a large population of people who need work but who have some sort of conviction. And those people have a hard time finding work because of ban the box. They don't enforce it. There's application, online applications. That you, you go all the way. I, I did it for the story. I went and applied for a job at Costco or something. Sorry, Costco, but, you know, and I get to the point where it says, it asks, you know, it asks you that question that it's not supposed to ask you, and, that, mm-hmm. and they ask you in any number of ways, but it's basically trying to screen out people with a criminal record. Oh, well. So, you know, I think they go hand in hand, really. If you're going to, as the mayor says, if you really want to try to lift up people in an economic sense and lead to wealth, uh, revenue creation, and jobs, I think you got to do both. I think you got to enforce ban the box. So, yeah. you, so you got to enforce ban the box. Mm-hmm. You got to give people more access to that weed, that pot. They got to have some more of that. Because the people that are smoking pot, the people that are smoking pot. Let's, let's, get, let's get access to that weed okay. and that pot. Everybody. Well, there's individual responsibility. You know that if you want a job uh, working as a cop or a firefighter or 
uh, in the hospital, as you just said, you know you don't need to have weed in your system, then you don't need to go to the job interview or go to the drug test with weed. That is should, individual should, responsibility. I know. You should just stay home. Stay home and collect that... Uh, you collect some of those free benefits that's handed out. Keep smoking that weed. Oh, no, 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 no. This kid's good. I mean, mm -hmm. what are we saying, right? If, if I smoke weed and people right. act like the, the weed is not addictive. Not got to be the devil. People act like weed is not weed. It has some sort of addiction to it. People get high and they like to get high. So if I like to get high and I got a choice of getting high or figuring out how to get a job and I can't get a job, if I can't get a job and I'm unemployable, then what happens? I apply for what? Benefits. Yeah. Right? So, so my benefits, I get my benefits though, right? In the district you will, but I don't know. Okay. There's something else that we're not talking about here, and that marijuana is a form of currency in the drug trade. And I've done a lot of reporting on drug trafficking and in Baltimore and in Los Angeles, a lot of federal court records, and you commonly see marijuana as sort of the second or third tier down something that people are selling. It could be guns, it could right. be heroin, and then but the, the marijuana is almost like cash. Plus people are using it in the drug trade as well. So, you know, if you're making it easier to get it on the street legally, are you going to feed that uh, stream? And, are you know, is the black market, is the underground market for marijuana, are you creating a competition? Uh, if you're going to tax legal marijuana, well, what's the uh, underground market going to do? You know, lower their prices? Now you're competing with, uh, you know, and, you know, the, the argument is there that if, you know, that we're losing out on revenue either way, so we might as well be getting in on it. But I, I don't know how much of that they've anticipated. Really. My, my understanding, that's an excellent point, and uh, my understanding is that Philip Morris is controlling all of the marijuana in Canada. Oh. So, yeah, I mean, I'd love to double-check that, but think about that. So who's really going to control it? Who, you know, less people are, what, smoking cigarettes, you know, smoking cigarettes is down. Who has the facilities to cultivate marijuana at a greater scale? Of course, those people that have actually been, you know, so it's just interesting to see what are we making all of this legal for? And, you know, I, I support the fact that we should tax it because I think it's important if people are out here smoking and it's non-taxable. I support the fact out of everything that the district should be able to do what it wants to do, just like any, just like the rest of the, these states out here. The district should be a state, but we should be able, and our citizens should be able to vote on something, and we should be able to up uphold it, and Congress should not inter interfere. But do I think that it's, you know, that we should just let everyone know, hey, it's okay to get high, it's okay. I mean, I got kids, and they, they just say, look, Dad, everyone's smoking. They smoking, there's nothing wrong with smoking. You know, it's not illegal. There's nothing wrong with it. And to me, I'm not sure what message we're sending to our, our young folks yet. But we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about cannabis, but we're going to go right on into this homeless, the, the decrease in the homeless population, mm -hmm. what the mayor and the administration has done to reduce homelessness amongst families in the District of Columbia. And what more we got to do to continue to make that thing better? We'll be right back. Here at Always Real Talk, we are committed to giving all the exposure to our local and small businesses, supporting our entrepreneurs that are out here in the community making a difference. And today, as you can see, we're supporting the one and only District Certified. We want to make sure you go out. Go to his website. What's your website? city. Here we are. Young man out here making a difference, creating a brand, but not only a brand that people are wearing. If it's always real talk, you know it's going to be real. Welcome back to Always Real Talk. We're having a lively conversation uh, really about homeless families and 
what a great job the city has done as it relates to tackling the issues. It's just it's it's a popular and unpopular thing to do, right? Everybody wants to do it. Nobody wants to really have people, the homeless population near them. But That's want, right. But everyone wants them to go somewhere. Oh man, we gotta help the people. Oh, it feels so bad. It feels so terrible. But no, not right here. They, they can go over there. Mm -hmm, go mm -hmm. where someone's not paying attention. Mm -hmm. um, and the mayor has figured out how to really deal with this issue. And I think it's going to get tougher when you have to select these three locations. And I think that the administration needs all the support and to, to make those decisions and just do it, right? Because no one's going to be happy. If it was easy, somebody would have done it 30 years ago. It mm -hmm. hasn't been done. What, what are you hearing about the family, of the single uh homeless population families we know we've we've done some we've done mm -hmm. a good job you was mentioning earlier about the the single men or the mm -hmm. single individuals what do you those are the those are the, the guys i see in my neighborhood and some of them um you know i've gotten to know a couple of them some of them stay at somebody's house um one guy who came around and did a little raking and stuff like that he got some tools and he started to try to build up his own little neighborhood practice, he, he got a place to stay, you know, with a friend or something, he just as easily could could um, hit hard times or a relapse or a death in the family or, or whatever, and he's vulnerable, you know, and he's, he's older than me, you know, I'm in my 50s, and this guy's an older man who is out there raking leaves, going door to door, knocking, yeah. trying to get back on his feet, yeah. sleeping at a friend's house, he could get put out at any time. Yeah. And I think the single male population, and that's why we're seeing that rise, because there's not a long-term housing option for these guys. Um, you know, they might be able to get some shelter, they might be able to get something short-term, but that's where the investment, um, you know, needs to needs to be made. Well, we're going to be talking later on in the week just about Department of Employment Services, about making sure and what are we doing to take individuals who want to do better, mm -hmm. getting them training mm -hmm. so they can do better. Mm -hmm. Now, we've seen that people are getting training, but then they still can't get a job. Right, right. Because right. right. yeah. people who had a job really don't want to hire them, right? right? right. And, they, you know, they think this charity and they don't want to hire them and they find every reason not to hire someone who just mm -hmm. came through a training program right. who really is trained, right? So yeah. they really are trained, but they can't get a job because... They can't pass drug tests, or they can't get a job because they check in the box, or they can't get a job because the employer really doesn't want to hire them at all. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's something we'll be we'll, we'll be tackling later later on this week. But what is your thoughts that you're hearing um, around just in general? Because you know it's just not Washington D.C. It's the region. Yes, it is. And, and I think that your perspective is is important. What are you that's hearing about the region? Well, the thing is, is that. Um, once upon a time, D.C. was the preferred place for a homeless person because homeless people had such benefits coming here. You know, all they had to do was just step across Southern Avenue or Eastern Avenue, and then you were taken, quote, taken care of. Services. Uh, yes, services. in terms of services. Uh, Montgomery County is really stepping up in terms of helping mm -hmm. its homeless population. Uh, Prince George's is a little bit behind but uh, it is stepping up too, not at the level of Montgomery County, but it is stepping up. In terms of Virginia, it's still trying to acknowledge the problem, particularly in Alexandria and in Arlington and in Fairfax, uh, because those are wealthier areas and you tend to have less people in that situation, even though you do have people who are homeless out there.
but it is a regional problem, but it's a problem that is in decline and it needs to stay in decline. And that is the most important thing. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about 2020 and what's going on. What are we hearing in the streets on 2020? So we'll be right back with 2020 Local right here at Always Real Talk. Hi, I'm Anthony Bowling with the Anthony Bowling Group. And I want to invite you out May 20th to come to the Country Club in Woodmore to support the Global Scholars Foundation first annual charity celebrity golf tournament. We're going to be raising $75,000 to support GSF as they support 20 scholars here on their trip this year to Rome, Egypt, and Ethiopia. Again, I'm Anthony Bowling with the Anthony Bowling Group. Come support us and have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Welcome back to Always Real Talk. We're still sitting in here with two good friends. We got uh, James Wright from the Informer newspaper, and we have Jeff Anderson from District D. Now, both of you are in the streets, and I know regionally you're in the streets. I know you're quasi-regionally in the streets, but... Uh, what are we hearing about the 2020? What's going on in the streets? Do you want to go by ward, ward by ward? I'm just asking a generic like, question. You can go wherever you want to go. This is always real talk. We keep it real here. Okay, so we're gonna be we'll talk about ward two since he's so familiar with the situation, and uh, definitely Jeff can go into detail as much as he wants in terms of Jack Evans, but we know that Jack Evans is in trouble. Here are the names I'm hearing. I'm hearing that John Fanning, who is an advisory neighborhood commissioner. Uh, in Ward 2 is very seriously being courted uh, to, cha uh, to challenge Jack. Now, we all know about Patrick Kennedy, another ANC, who is uh, being courted. Now, here's what I'm hearing under the rumblings, that uh, Dr. William Kennedy Smith is being talked to in terms of running for the Ward 2 seat. And hey, he is a Kennedy. Uh, he is the son of Gene Kennedy. Uh, you know, Teddy and John and Robert's sister. Mm -hmm. And that Kennedy money coming into the district would be very, very interesting in politics. Interesting, interesting. That's what the streets are talking about. Anderson, what you hearing? Well, with regard to, to War II, I did note that at the, the ANC meeting the other night, Jack got a really nice welcome. And then Dr. Smith, uh, Kennedy Smith, was one of the people who welcomed him warmly. So I, I, I'm not holding my breath to see him in the race. It's, it's interesting, I didn't know about Fanning. The other thing that um, I heard about in, in just, I think just last week, the Democratic State Committee took a vote and they're unhappy with Councilman Evans. And they uh, voted along the lines of 26 uh, to 22. Um, he survived a, a challenge um, of them calling for a resignation from the state committee and, and from being the national committee representative of the state committee. Uh, Eleven uh, abstentions out of some 80 some odd committee people. That's not a really strong showing for him. I mean, if he only got 26 votes to stay in. Um, at the same time, some of these same people have uh, started some sort of effort called Sack Jack. <laughs> and they're out there um, <laughs> gathering information and they're going to try to use that information in the race whoever the preferred candidate is to challenge him. And then on top of that, there's a recall um, yeah, effort. Yeah. And I think that yeah. they still need to get uh, their petitions um, so that they can qualify for a recall effort. 
and the same people with Zach Jack mm -hmm. are going to be out on the lines with the recall people knocking on doors, you know, and they're looking for 5,000 votes because that's what they think will do it. Yeah. And there's 70,000 people in the ward or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I mean, this is what I heard just today from people inside that movement. Well, the mm -hmm. city's definitely bigger than one ward, though. That's true. What else are we hearing? Out there? Well, in Ward Seven, you had that very interesting, um, uh, you had that very interesting um, slate of uh, of Democratic state uh, committee members. Didn't they? there was a they were perceived at first as a defeat for um, Councilman Gray? Right, right, right. Uh, because right. his slate yes. did not well, do, did well. They didn't do well. I was also told that that may have been overblown, and it may have just been a lack of attention to the. Uh, to the to the race on behalf of his slate, and that they weren't really focused enough. Well, I can tell you, I, it was, I, I was there, and it, it was a lot of people that came out. I mean, I was amazed at the number of people that was out, and they came all the way to the doors were shut. People were still trying to get there when the doors were shut. Of course, they couldn't get in, but I don't know what was going on. But it was a lot of energy around that particular um, uh, election. In, in War Seven, and I, I, you know, I haven't seen that in a, in a very long time. It was very, mm. energ very okay. energized out there, well, packed and energized. And uh, hats off to uh, the new slate that won because they did win, right? So at the end of the day, they got people out, they got people excited, they had a message that made sense and resonated, and people came out and voted for. So James, what do you think, though? Is there we have um, we're starting to see a generational divide on the council? And they're starting to vote that way, too, on the lottery, for instance, on sports betting. You had all the senior members lining up in favor of it. Mm -hmm. You had the progressives and the younger members. Um, do you think that there's a, a bona fide movement that's going to be looking to unseat, uh, successfully unseat, uh, some of our older incumbents on the council? Yes. yes. In Ward 7, let me tell you what's going on in Ward 7. Mm -hmm. You have a young man by the name of Villarreal Johnson, mm -hmm. who is an advisory neighborhood commissioner. He is uh, secretly and quietly being courted by the Green Team oh. in order to challenge Vincent Gray. Oh, that could now, be interesting. Now, yes, now here's that's, the thing. Vincent Gray has not said explicitly that he's going to run for re-election. Uh. We are assuming that he is. But he has not explicitly said he was going to run for re-election. Uh -huh. You're looking at Villarreal. Uh, 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 Valario Johnson, uh, you're looking at Ambrose Lane, who possibly may jump into the race. And so you just have a lot of people talking at this particular point. But I do know that VJ, I call him VJ, has already quietly lining up, uh, you know, support for that. Mm -hmm. And then there's Yvette Alexander. Now, I doubt if she, I want to talk about her later, but I know she's going to support VJ and get her group behind VJ in terms of trying to get Vincent Gray out. Also, I'm hearing in the less affluent parts of Ward 7, they are not happy huh. with Vincent Gray. Now, everybody knows in Ward 7 is Hillcrest and Penn Branch, and then everybody else follows. Right. That may not be the case well, now. no, you got Dean, we got a lot of great, you know, I live in Ward 7. Yes, so I know I you live in Ward 7. Here, but I mean, it's, yeah. it's not just those two neighborhoods, but, it, but it, it, it's more <laughs> neighborhoods than that. People try to classify this, it. like it's only these two neighborhoods. No, it's, 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 it's a lot bigger uh, than, than those two neighborhoods. But, uh, but it, it's interesting, that's what, you're, that's, what, that's what you're hearing on the streets, interesting, that's what you, I mean, is, is, do you find any Trump supporters out there in the streets where you are? No. Not one? I know of one, Ralph, Ralph Chittums. <laughs> yes. but, but that's that's it.
That's it. There's, That's a, it. there's a good story there that I've wanted to do, and that is some of our conservative um, veteran politics and politics watchers from the black community, conservative men and women, Republicans, and I think that's a good story because there's a there's a discrete kind of uh, core of people mm -hmm. that are really that really staunch, and I think that's interesting. They go against the grain. Yeah, what are people saying about these? You know, I think I should maybe I should just run for president too. I can make it like twenty. You want to run? You want? I mean, it's all it's all just well, right? Really what do they say about the, what do they say about the? It's good to hear what local people are saying mm -hmm. about the president because they have twenty one candidates on the Democratic side. Mm -hmm. I mean, are you 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 guys hearing anything about that? Well, there's a lot of energy around Howard University about Kamala Harris because mm -hmm. she went to Howard University. Mm -hmm. um, but other than the others, you think it's because she went to Howard, or she's a qualified individual? Well, she's a qualified individual, but, but she went to Howard, well, yeah. so that's why I mean, that, that area so, around there support. But if she didn't go to Howard, would you think they still would be supporting her in such an energized way? N not necessarily in an energized way, but it really helps that she went to HU. So it's uh, tough to run as a prosecutor, as a former prosecutor, because there's going to be people out there that didn't forget uh, some mm -hmm. of the positions you took on law enforcement, and you know, she, she you know, she didn't get there uh, where to where she is by being soft on crime. That is true. That is very that, true. That's true. Well, they have, uh, you know, I've, I've been hearing all these different stuff. People are calling. People are saying, "Hey, I want to run for this. I want to run for that." Prince George's County, there's a lot of people that are talking about trying to get in different races out there in the mm -hmm. county. Uh, mm -hmm. We have a new, what, a, a, a new speaker head, of speaker, of speaker of the House. Speaker of the House. And, 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 and it was, it, I heard there was some back and forth, because I, I was looking at social media, and it was some, people were happy, and people were not happy, because people did not stand up for the, for, was it Derek Davis who was running? Derek Davis. He was, was running in the Prince George's County, and they were like, how are people in the yeah. Prince George's County not supporting one of their own from the county. Well, you know, Prince George's County's politics runs kind of deep, and it all depends on who Stenny Hoyer and who Mike Miller and and, and who who that group likes. And so, so um, you said they're puppets. I mean, oh, I, oh, no, 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 I mean, no, no, said, no. These are good independent you said people. They like, so they don't like them, and they don't. They don't. I don't I mean, well, I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say. Not gonna say that if you <laughs> don't support, if Stenny doesn't like you or Mike Miller doesn't uh -huh. like you, you won't get elected. I'm not gonna. Not gonna say that. I will say this, and I want to make a good point about that. Yes, Prince Georges are disappointed that Derek Davis did not win the speakership. But they may be a little bit more angry the fact that Adrian Jones did win. Okay, she's the first woman. She's the first black. Yay, yay, yay. But she's from Baltimore County. And let me tell you what they do in Annapolis, uh, Chairman Brown. Uh, Baltimore sticks together. Baltimore County and Baltimore sticks together in the General Assembly. Whereas Prince George's County, as you just alluded to, kind of separates. So my, many Prince Georgians are thinking... Yeah, Adrian Jones is going to make sure she takes care of Baltimore County and then Baltimore City and, oh, yeah, the rest of the state. That's the concern that they have. Well, I think that's kind of valid. I mean, if I'm the speaker, you got to take care of where you live. Well, the thing is, is that you right. are speaker of the, uh, of I'm the saying, House but, but, of Delegates. But if you, if you don't take where you live, yeah. you won't be the speaker because you won't be there. We'll see many, and I'll say it, many African Americans in Maryland don't see it that way. Okay. Well, that, that's why we're talking about what's going on in the streets. You hear it. You see it on social media. You see what's happening. You see what's going on. Well, let me tell you, I want to thank you, Jeffrey. Thank you, James. Always good to have you on. 
We look forward to getting you both back on. We're going to continue about Always Real Talk every single Friday.